Christ's peace foretold. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goats. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infants will play near the cobra's den. And the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Thanks be to God. Well, I wonder what your favourite part of the service has been so far. Let me tell you mine. As we heard the words, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. We heard a baby in our midst. And then the next time we heard the baby, we heard these words. Blessed are ye beyond all measure, for thou happy father, mother, mild. So that was my favourite part of the service so far. Thank you so much, Guy, for your warm welcome. And thank you so much for the choir for, for their beautiful singing this evening. It's been such a blessing. The story's told of the British ambassador in Washington. And he was phoned up by a local radio station one Christmas time and asked an apparently innocuous question. What would you like for Christmas? He says, that's very kind of you. Actually, I'm quite partial to crystallized fruits. I'd really quite like a box of them. And on Christmas Day, his wife beckoned him over to the radio, and they listened to the presenter say the following. We've been conducting a survey asking ambassadors what they would most like for Christmas. The French ambassador said that he would like to see peace on earth. The German ambassador that he would like to see more equitable distribution of wealth and the reduction of third world debt. And the British ambassador that he would like a box of crystallized fruits. I wonder what you would like for Christmas 2019. And peace wouldn't be bad, would it? From Hong Kong to the dark web to, dare I say it, election Britain, peace is a rare commodity. And this evening it turns out that it's found in the last place we might look. A quotation from our second reading, and a little child will lead them. Words written 2,700 years ago from the prophecy of Isaiah. Now, most of us will be familiar. Are you familiar with the sculpture found on Wall Street? Perhaps you've seen it 
in the flesh, as it were, that sculpture of a raging bull. It was given at the Christmas of 1989 to that city. In the financial district, it symbolized all that that age believed in, that financial muscle and optimism. More recently, in March 2017, you may have seen it, a very different sculpture was crafted and placed in front of that raging bull. It was a figurine of a diminutive girl. Just a third of the height of the bull and one-thirtieth of its weight, she stands there gazing unperturbed, apparently, into the eyes of the bull. And it has more than a passing hint of that iconic photograph. You'll all have seen it from Tiananmen Square, that gentleman standing in the way of the tanks. She's called Fearless Girl, and a little child will lead them. Who will bring the peace that we long for? Don't we long for a leader, not a spin doctor who spouts promises that have been tested to death in pilot groups written by faceless aides, but a leader. Don't we long for a leader, not someone who promises what they can't possibly keep, but a leader who says what he will actually do. And so it was that very first Christmas time. We're given the leader's resume back in that Isaiah reading, and if it's not too gloom, gloomy and dark, you may wish to turn back to it. I'm going to read it to us. We're told that he has the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might. He's not a purveyor of fake news, nor is he deceived by it. We hear he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness. And isn't that a beautiful word? He will judge. Did you notice the balance, the poise in his character? Uh, he's both wise and he's mighty. He has that rare mix of EQ, emotional intelligence, and steely spine to make the hard decisions. He's personally privileged, and yet he's not into self-protection. He's for the poor of the earth. He is the personification of the welfare state. I wonder, did you see the two Waterstones books of the year for 2019? One by Greta Thunberg and the other by the author-illustrator Charlie Mackesy. And it's a beautiful, beautiful book, Charlie Mackesy's book. It's called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse. And once you get past the fact that the title sounds like a rather thinned-out version of Noah's Ark, a kind of survivor's party, the book is profoundly good. And I use that word advisedly. On one page, the horse asks the boy that question we so often ask the next generation. What do you want to be when you grow up? Kind, says the boy. And here Isaiah shows us a leader whose kindness has not been tarnished an inch by his adolescence and his adulthood. In piercingly moving poetry, I wonder, were you moved as it was read? We're given the picture of what it will be like to live under his reign, in his kingdom. And if you feel comfortable, you may wish to shut your eyes as I read this verse again. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will live 
with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. Isn't that beautiful? And here we're to forget about divisive political allegiances. I've, I've, I've posted my postal vote already, and I made the mistake of telling my wife Katie whom I, I voted for, and she was horrified. But here we're to forget about political allegiances and divisions. Here are predators who eat one another, living in peace as neighbors with one another, and led by a little child. We sometimes speak, don't we, about a dog-eat-dog world. Well, here is a vision of a world which isn't even wolf-eat-lamb. Isn't that something? It's a window onto a society where there's no need for hashtag me too, or social housing, or calls to stop the football game for racist chanting, or dare I say it recently, no need for rapid response police units on London Bridge. Why? Because this is the place where fear is not in the dictionary because manipulation and exploitation and suffering are exclusively in the past. Today I've just been with a father who was tearful because his newborn baby is in hospital. Uh, Tomorrow I'm having lunch with a 14-year-old boy who has a terminal brain tumor. This world is beautiful, but it's not safe. I wonder how your 2019 has been as it ebbs to a close. And sometimes for us, the pain is not the capitalized headline pain I've just mentioned, but more of the fatigue and the friction and the factions, and they wear us down. And even those moments of beauty are tinged by brokenness. How much more so then do these words resonate with you and me? They're rather like a postcard from a place we never knew existed, but we always knew we wanted. Achingly beautiful poetry. And how will this come about? How will this new age be ushered in? We hear later on in the Isaiah reading, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. A flood of a very different kind from those that have graced our TV screens of late. Guy mentioned in passing that my day job is to be the senior chaplain for a foundation of schools. I'm in the business of education and therefore I can say what I'm about to say. But notice that the difference here is not education. It is not increased understanding of tolerance or equality, good though those things might be. It is not a curriculum but a person. It is not a what, but a whom. It's a person. It is a relationship, the knowledge of the Lord. And as our pages of our Bibles turn through our uh, service this evening, more is revealed to us because the leader of our longing comes to us as a child. In my household recently, we've had quite a bit of confusion about babies. My wife, Katie, is pregnant, and we often speak about this to our other two children. And the other day, I was chatting with Layla, our three-year-old daughter, and I was saying to her, do you know that one day, uh, your baby brother will come out of mummy's tummy, 
and you can look after him. Please look after him. And she gave me one of those withering looks that only a toddler can. And she said, I know, Daddy, he will be born on Christmas Day. It's a bad case of a nativity and maternity mix-up. It turns out that our daughter thinks we are expecting none other than the saviour of the world. And I can see impending disappointment on every side. But we know the story, don't we? The flurry of angelic messengers, first of all, to the understandably freaked out teenage girl, Mary. And then the alarmed shepherds. The impromptu heavenly choir. The star and the magi. And all the while there's that line punching through, staccato through the narrative. Did you hear it? Do not be afraid. Peace. Joy, do not be afraid. Call him Jesus. Save people from their sins. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And although the child is nothing special to look at himself, it is the window dressing which makes the difference for us. He's given to Mary. He's come for the weak. The shepherds are invited. He's come for the poor. The Magi come from the East. He's come for the whole world. Now, I'm no physicist, but I'm told that a black hole is so very dense that it bends the whole universe around it. And so, as it were, the Christ child is so glorious that he bends the universe around him. The baby affects King Herod's dreams with worry. He fills the Magi's dreams with protection. He receives his own star. And of course, one day he will get his own cross. The fearless Christ, if you like, looking up unperturbed, cutting a diminutive figure, outgunned, small in the face of that raging bull of brokenness and death and pain and sin. And in many ways, at Christmas, the helplessness of the baby in the cradle mirrors the apparent helplessness of Christ the man as he dies on the cross. And it is there that we see God's might and his wisdom and his counsel expressed as the king of kings we long for bows to become our servant and begins to undo all of that brokenness that we so hate And that pain that we so rail against, the child who is born to lead. And so it is that that first Christmas gives us a paradox for the ages. Don't you love the image of the wise men, the magi, bowing in homage to a baby? What a paradox that is. As I close, there is a sentence I keep on hearing and reading in the blogosphere. And it begins like this. You will know it. Just believe. Just believe in yourself, we say to the fourth former nervous about stepping onto the rugby field, about to be crunched. Uh, Just believe in ourselves, the Conservative Party manifesto kicked off with their video from Boris Johnson. Just believe. And you may well know the power of belief. It is a great agent for change. 
Perhaps you have your own personal story of self-esteem being bolstered in that way. It's been a game changer for you. Belief is powerful. But here's the thing. Belief is only ever as powerful as its object. 2019. Friends, it's been a mixed year, hasn't it? Stokes, very good with the bat. The rugby, very nearly came off. But if the John Lewis advert is anything to go by, it's really been quite an average year, I would say. Don't bother watching it if you haven't yet. But here is the invitation as 2019 draws to a close. Will we come to the one who is both mighty and wise, the protector of the vulnerable and the weak? Will we come to the one who one day will undo all of that shame and that blame and that abdication of leadership we so often see? The one who one day will crush evil under his heel. This year, will you come with me and embody that paradox as those wise men who had everything they needed bowed before the baby? Will you and I consider doing the same thing, respectable adults bowing before the Christ child, and as we do so, hear that line crunching through, do not be afraid. To all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Doesn't that sound good as 29 comes to a close? And a little child will lead them. Well, as I close, thank you very much for listening. These claims are huge. For some of us here, we're convinced they are life-changing. For others, they are utterly outrageous. I know that. But surely they are not anodyne. They are not beige. They are not uninteresting or unimportant. It, it may be that you're listening thinking, I'd love to, I need to find out more. You've probably heard of the Alpha course, seen the billboards. It's a course enabling us to pursue our questions, to explore our curiosity. You'd be very welcome to join that. It's starting here on the 15th of January. It may be for you, you're not at that stage yet. And I I just counsel you, turn to your neighbor, turn to the friends you came with at the end and say, I've got an issue with the preacher on this point or I'm really attracted to this, or I wish this were true, please don't miss out on making the most of this holy moment. A very happy Christmas to you all when it comes.